far entering the realm between the hidden and forgotten. A slipstream caught between realities. A secret museum of the esoteric. The private library of shadows. All taking place in a world forged from mystery and caught between logic and myth. You are entering Parareality. Hello, and welcome to the mysterious world of Parareality. This is a realm where the blurred lines between what's real and unreal merge together, forming an alternate reality where the truth and fiction become indistinguishable. My name is Sandman, and I'm your host. Well, tonight's episode is bittersweet because it's the first episode that I'm doing since Easy e left. I know that he didn't co-host every episode, but it's still a little strange knowing that he won't be sitting behind the co-host desk here in the secret bunker anymore. But it's not like we'll never hear from him again. I'm sure I'll have him on, on the phone here in the secret bunker. I'm sure I'll have him on the phone to talk to us occasionally. So without dwelling on something sad, let's get into tonight's episode. This is part two of my summer series on ghosts and urban legends from my home state of Alabama. On the first episode, I told you about five creepy urban legends and one hoax. Tonight, I'm going to be telling you about five creepy places that you can visit if you ever decide to take a haunted road trip in the great state of Alabama, the beautiful. What all those places, you ask? Well, to learn the answer to that question and find out how you can get to those places, You'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about some email. One of my favorite times of the show where I get to answer some emails from fans or listeners, should I say, for the podcast. And this is another YouTube comment from my YouTube channel. This comes from Rich via YouTube, and once again, it's uh, referencing the Joan, excuse me, the June Lundgren interview that I did uh, several weeks ago. It was uh, the last interview that Easy e and I did together. Speaking of Easy e he and I interviewed psychic medium June Lundgren, self-proclaimed demon seer. So um, Rich from YouTube writes, great interview. Without going into a long explanation, I believe that June is the real deal. No joke. I am so glad I found her. Enough said. All right, Rich, thank you for listening to that episode of Pair Reality and uh, for the comment about my interview with Miss June Lundgren. Yes, she's definitely a very interesting person, and uh, I would love to get her back on the podcast sometime again to talk to her and uh, dive into a little bit more about her being able to not only see but battle demons and really I would love to get into the pet psychic thing um, one of the things that she surprised me with right before we ended everything was that she gave me uh, uh, a name of someone that I was supposedly was in a former life that I was uh, a prisoner in Auschwitz uh, Auschwitz excuse me I don't know how I got that pronounced wrong uh, that I was uh, supposedly 27 years old when I died 
and she gave me a name to go along with that, but I've been unable to find anyone by that name in the list, but she didn't, of, of prisoners that I've been able to locate. But, of course, she said that that may or may not be exactly the way it uh, was pronounced or spelled. But uh, very interesting nonetheless. I'll have to get her back on to follow up more on that. Once again, thank you, Rich, from YouTube, for your comment about Miss June Lundgren. All right. Now that I've answered that, now that I've talked a little bit about Rich, listen to this for a second. Era Reality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Broadcast from a secret bunker somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning podcast, Reality. You know, when it comes to ghosts, Alabama's definitely seen its fair share. It definitely has its fair share of them. From hotels and restaurants to cemeteries and landmarks, Alabama's home to many different types of haunted places. So I'm going to take a little bit of time this evening and talk to you, dear listener, about five haunted places that you can visit if you should happen to want to take a haunted road trip to my home state of Alabama. Now, I know I haven't lived in Alabama in over 20 years, um, but I still go there frequently as often as I can. Of course, I have friends and family left in Alabama. And um, I've got to tell you, when they say Alabama the beautiful, that's the, that's the the tagline for the state is Alabama the beautiful. And when they call it Alabama the beautiful, they really mean it. If you want to see a really beautiful state, take a trip to Alabama. There's a lot of things to do. It's very rural, and there's not a whole lot of big cities outside of, say, Birmingham, Huntsville, and uh, Mobile, probably your three biggest cities. Not necessarily in that order. But there's so many things that you can do and see, and it's uh, a, a really great place to visit. Most people would not put Alabama on you know, their top list of places to go when it comes to taking a vacation, but if you want to go somewhere that's uh, different, I would highly suggest that you go to Alabama, especially if you are into the more creepy side of things. So the first place I'm going to tell you about is Fort Morgan. Located along Alabama's Gulf Coast sits Fort Morgan. This is a historic masonry star fort. And not only is this historic fort a a battle site, but it's a true hidden gem. And it's also seen its fair share of ghosts. One of the state's most haunted places, Fort Morgan, is a historic masonry star fort that's located along the Gulf Coast at the mouth of Mobile Bay, Alabama. This is easily one of the most haunted, most unique places in Alabama, and I think it's well worth a visit, if you dare, that is. Now, the construction of the historic old fort began in 1819 and was completed in 1834. The fort was named to honor Revolutionary War hero General Daniel Morgan. Its unique star shape made it much easier to defend. 
And when the place was originally built, it was considered to be the finest example of military architecture in the New World. During the Civil War, Fort Morgan experienced heavy fire during the Battle of Mobile Bay. The first story of the ghosts of Fort Morgan continues with this battle where the Union troops totally overran the Confederates. I mean, they just pretty much, the Confederates were not equipped to handle the onslaught that the Union troops um, came with, and they were just totally outgunned, outnumbered, outclassed, and overrun. And as the battle was nearing a fever pitch, the Union troops continued to try to bomb the fort in order to destroy it. And the closer they got to the garrison, the more accurate they got with their cannon fire. And finally, one of the cannon actually went off inside the fort. There was a, the cannonball pierced the wall of the fort and exploded inside of the fort itself. And when it exploded, several Confederate soldiers were burned alive by the flames. And this is where the first ghosts of Fort Morgan emerges. The men that died did so in a pretty gruesome and almost unimaginable way. Uh, man, I, I can't imagine being burned alive. And what a horrible death that that would have been for all those that were in the area where that happened. I have a medical background, and I've done some time um, visiting. I've, I've taken many patients to a burn unit. I've spent a little bit of time caring for patients in a burn unit, and um, it is uh, uh, being burned uh, is just a horrible, horrible experience and I can't imagine it's, it's one of the ways that I would would not want to go out of this world is being burned alive and I don't think anyone else would choose that either now there have been numerous eyewitness accounts that when you were in the garrison where this happened even up to this very day that you can hear the cries of the men that were burning to death witnesses say that these cries of pure anguish are even louder at night. And you can hear some muffled cries in the daytime at certain times, but at nighttime they're unmistakable. After the Civil War, between uh, sometime between 1900 and 1923, this garrison became home to over 400 Coast Artillery soldiers, and they built 100 additional structures to fortify Fort Morgan even more. And it's during this time frame that the last of the two ghosts of Fort Morgan come about. According to the legends and the folklore, one night several of the men who were serving there, um, they well, they got drunk. And when they were coming home, um, they attacked, when they were coming back to the fort, should I say, they attacked a young woman uh, and kidnapped her and drug her into the fort. And once they got her there, they severely beat her and they took turns raping her and then killed her. Now, there are several witnesses that have claimed 
to see the apparition of this young lady wandering the entire area of the fort. And according to the folklore, she's looking for someone to bring the guilty men to justice. Now, I don't know. Um, admittedly, I did not do uh, my due diligence in the research on this before I uh, aired this. And I wanted to look up uh, some more history about this exact legend. And uh, what I was able to find when I was doing research, nothing was concrete about where um, this incident inside the fort took place or where her body is supposedly buried or how this came about. But I know there's got to be some more to it. Um, and admittedly, I could have dug a little bit deeper, but I didn't. Um, so it's just one of those things. Is this really uh, true or is this something that someone made up to try to explain the apparition that they're seeing? It's, it's kind of uh, up in the air as far as I'm concerned on that. So the final story of the ghost of Fort Morgan happened sometime in the same time frame between 1900 and 1923, according to the legends, once again. One of the men that were stationed there was, uh, for some reason, he got placed into the prison barracks. And he was in jail for several days, and apparently he was in, like, solitary confinement, couldn't take it any longer, and hung himself. And again, there are witnesses that say you can hear this man cry out during the middle of the night in pain and agony. While none of the ghosts of Fort Morgan has ever actually been identified, they're very real to the witnesses that have seen them and heard their chilling cries. So, legend, history, do they match up? Or is this just some stories that's made up to try to explain the spooky apparitions and noises that are being heard? The jury is still out. But Fort Morgan is definitely a creepy place to go, and it's a great place to visit. I haven't had the privilege of, being, of going there, but people who I've talked to that have been there say that it is an outstanding uh, historical place to visit, and if you're ever in Alabama or close to the Mobile area, you should definitely take a chance and go over to Fort Morgan. The second place that I'm going to tell you about that you can visit is Old Cahaba, and it's spelled C-A-H-A-W-B-A, Old Cahaba, Alabama. Now, as I've said, Alabama's home to many ghosts and legends, and it's a rural place so there's a lot of small towns in this state. I grew up in one of those small towns. While some of these towns have very few residents, others are true ghost towns because they've been completely abandoned. And it's no secret that small abandoned towns give off an eerie vibe, right? As a matter of fact, some are so eerie that they could seriously be in the setting of a horror movie. Uh, one Alabama ghost town in particular that fits that bill is Old Cahaba. The small town of Old Cahaba is located in Dallas County, Alabama, just outside of Selma, which is around towards the middle, maybe a little bit north of the middle part of the state. From 1820 to 1826, this small town served as Alabama's first state capital. Interesting fun fact. Over the years, floods and decay 
have affected this historical town. And today, Old Catahaba is Alabama's most famous ghost town because it's completely abandoned. It's also been preserved as an archaeological site as well. Old Cahaba Archaeological Park. You can go there, and it is absolutely okay. You're not breaking any laws if you go there. While you're exploring Old Cahaba Archaeological Park, you'll stumble upon several abandoned buildings that have been preserved. Now, one of these buildings is the Barker Slave Quarters at Kirkpatrick Mansion. This historic house was built in 1860, and the mansion burned during the 1930s, and as well as the slave quarters. Uh, well, actually, the slave quarters is all that remains. The mansion itself burned. The slave quarters is still standing. That's the only thing that remains of the Kirkpatrick Mansion. As you make your way through Old Cahaba, you'll come across a trail which will lead you through the slave burial ground. Now, this burial ground Supposedly, it was supposedly created in 1819, and the last known burial there happened in 1957, so it was in operation for well over 100 years. Hundreds of bodies are buried in the cemetery, despite, despite the small number of headstones, so there's a lot of supposedly unmarked graves there. There's another place called the uh, Cochrane Mansion that was built in the 1840s, and unfortunately, it burned in the early 1900s, and all that remains are a few of the mansion's columns, which are called the Cochrane Columns. Another home you'll stumble upon while exploring Old Cahaba Archaeological Park is the Fambro Arthur Home. This historic home was built around 1841, and it's the last remaining original home in Old Cahaba. Uh, there's also St. Luke's Episcopal Church that you can see while you're there. It's built in the 1850s, and it's located near the park's entrance. This Carpenter Garth Gothic Chapel served Oklahoma for just uh, only a mere 20 years. In 1876, it was moved to a nearby town and stayed there until 2007 when it was moved back to Old Cahaba. I'm sure there's nothing eerie about this historic church. However, we can all agree, I think, that it's hauntingly beautiful and it's been moved a couple of times and there's been so much that has happened in this church. I mean, it was built in the 1800s. So, you know, sometime in the 1850s. So this thing is old, 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 and it's seen a lot of stuff. Now, I admittedly, once again, I have never been to Old Cahaba. Um, I have passed by there several times. Uh, I would really love to go, and i got to put it on my list of creepy places to visit. Uh, if you want to go to Old Cahaba, well, if you get to Selma, Alabama, you'll simply follow these directions here. Take Highway 22 West for nine miles. Turn left on County Road 9 and you're going to be looking for the old Cahaba sign, and you follow County Road 9 for five miles, and you turn left on the County Road 2, which leads you into the park. And it's open daily from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. and is absolutely 100% free to visit. I would not get caught there after dark if I were you, if you're an urban explorer type person. Now, there's no quote-unquote particularly 
haunted tales that come from old Cahaba, but I'm not telling you about haunted places that you can visit. That's not necessarily, not only, right? I'm telling you about creepy places you can visit in Alabama, and old Cahaba definitely fits that bill. If you ever get the chance, you need to go. I know I'm going to go as soon as I'm able to. Maybe next time I schedule a trip home to see my family, I'll just take an extra day and swing by old Cahaba and take a little visit. Number three is the USS Alabama. This is in Mobile Bay, I believe. Yes, this is in Mobile Bay. Um, The USS Alabama was the sixth ship of the United States Navy, and it served in World War II. This 680-foot-long battleship, also known as the Lucky A, was launched in 1942 and brought to Mobile, Mobile Bay all the way back in 1965. Today, the USS Alabama operates as a museum. And if you decide, if you decide to visit and learn more about the history of the USS Alabama, you may get much more than you paid for. While the USS Alabama was under construction, two men died in the shipyard where it was being built. And after launching in 1942, the ship served for 37 months without any fatalities due to enemy fire. However, death under friendly fire claimed the lives of eight men, and unfortunately their bodies were left unrecognizable. Many visitors of the USS Alabama have reported hearing and seeing strange things that have led them to question, is the USS Alabama haunted? For example, several visitors have heard footsteps coming toward them. When they turn around, nobody was there. When they look around, they can't find anybody. And this is a tight ship. This is very, very tight quarters on this thing. So when you hear something coming on the deck plates and it's coming behind you, you should be able to turn around and you should be able to see somebody. There's not like a lot of places where people can just like duck off. And even in the places where there are like a quarter you can go down or you can duck behind a piece of equipment or something like that. This is a metal ship, right? And things are very low. So you have to really watch yourself else you'll bang your head and hurt yourself. So, you know, if you hear something coming at you on the deck plate, my point is you should be able to see it, but people can't. They turn around, no one's there. Or it's coming towards them and they're looking at what the sound of these footsteps, where they're coming from, and there's nobody there. Over the years, tourists from near and far have also reported seeing apparitions in the Cook's Galley and the officers' quarters. Now, the solid steel hatches on the ships also been seen to close on their own. And what seems to be going on is the men who died aboard the ship have never left. Therefore, many have been left to question if the history of the USS Alabama includes ghosts. Now, you can go there and see for yourself by just heading to the Battleship Memorial Park in Mobile. It's right in Mobile Bay. Now, keep in mind, unless you're an employee or part of a youth group, you're not allowed to stay the night aboard the USS Alabama. Now, unlike the first two places that I talked about, this place I have actually been to. Um, 
And no, I did not experience anything haunted while I was there. Uh, and it's been a long time since I've been to the USS Alabama. Uh, and it, I can imagine if you were there at night, uh, as I said, you you had to be an employee or part of a youth group or something like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure maybe if you're a Boy Scout group or something, you could probably stay there. But um, I can imagine being there at night that it would be really super creepy because, uh, like I said, the, the ship is all metal. It's very, like, cold and unforgiving feeling. There's nothing comfortable about the ship. It's a battleship, right? So there's not supposed to be, you know, creature comforts in this thing. And everything is so tight quartered that the doorways with the hatches, you know, you have to bend down to go through them. And you have to, not only do you have to bend down, but you have to step up and over where the hatch seals, where it closes. And it's very, very tight quartered in there. And um, if you're a claustrophobic type person, you would not do well in those areas. Um, however, like I said, I, I've been there. Uh, it's a great place to go visit, especially if you're a history buff, if you like uh, to learn about World War II history. There's not a lot of these old Navy ships that are left, you know, from World War II that we can that we can see. And um, this is an exception. And you look at it today compared to what we have today, and it's a very small ship. Um, but still, it's worth it's worth it to go. And if they still have it, which I'm sure they do, uh, just about every battleship had, uh, from what I understand, just about every battleship uh, had a submarine that was associated with it that, that went out. So when you saw a battleship, most of the time, there was a submarine somewhere underneath the water that was going around with it. And they have that there at the Mobile Bay in the, in the museum there is the USS Drum, which was a very small submarine. I got to go on that too. Didn't hear of any haunted tales or anything about the USS Drum, but you really want to talk about something that is small and claustrophobic. That tiny-ass submarine, if you are not claustrophobic, before you go in there, if you stay in it for any length of time, you will be coming out. I don't see – I give props to those guys that were on that thing. I don't see how in the hell they were able to stay on that tiny enclosed space underwater for the amount of time that they did because, boy, let me tell you something, that is really, really tight quartered. It, it it makes what you experience on the USS Alabama, it makes that place look like a luxury cruise liner. Um, it's just so, so tiny. Once again, if you, you know, compare it to the submarines that we have today, all these big nuclear-powered subs and everything. This is like a, you know, USS Minnow, you know. Um, but it's it's still, uh, once again, a fascinating thing to go through. And if you are a history buff and you're in Alabama, especially if you're a World War II buff, uh, you really do need to take time and go to Mobile Bay and uh, take a look at the USS Alabama and the USS Drum. And maybe, who knows, while you're there, Maybe you'll have some footsteps come towards you, some disembodied footsteps. Or maybe you can hear the screams of the men who died on the ship as a result of in a friendly fire. Not enemy fire. Nope. Friendly fire. That's just, uh, that's sad. 
What a sad way to go. Sad, sad. You know, dying in war is bad enough, but then to be killed by your own troops, that's really, really got to suck. I wonder if they knew that they were killed by their own troops. Oh, that would be really sad. But I digress. Next, we're not going to, the next place we're going to talk about is not an actual, like, location, like a battleship or a haunted town or abandoned town or, or, uh, 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 like a hospital or, or a fort or anything that you can go and explore. But this is it's still a physical place. It's Highway 5. So this is, we're talking about a stretch of highway in Alabama that's haunted. And when it comes to hauntings, Alabama has definitely seen its fair share from spooky missions and, or mansions, excuse me, and eerie factories to creepy hotels and haunted cemeteries. There's no telling where you'll spot a ghost in Alabama. You might even have a ghostly encounter while you're just driving down one of the Alabama state highways. One highway in particular that's supposedly haunted is Highway 5, which is located in Lynn, Alabama. Now, here's how one of the scariest ghost stories in Alabama goes. Many years ago, on a rainy night in Lynn, Alabama, a teenage girl was on her way home from the prom with her boyfriend. Shortly after leaving the prom, they got into an argument, and the girl asked her boyfriend to stop the car and let her out. And he did exactly as she requested. And she decided to walk the rest of the way home alone. Unfortunately, the teenage girl never made it to her destination. While walking along the side of Highway 5, she was struck by an 18-wheeler. The driver of the truck left the scene, and the teenage girl was discovered the following morning in a ditch. Supposedly, if you drive an 18-wheeler down Highway 5 in Alabama on a rainy night, she'll climb into the side of the truck to see if the driver is the same one who killed her many years ago. Several truck drivers have reported this happening to them, believe it or not. Even people driving other types of vehicles have reported seeing the teenage girl's ghostly figure walking walking along the side of Highway 5 in Alabama. Now, I cannot tell you exactly where on Highway 5 outside of Lynn, Alabama, that this takes place because I haven't been able to find anything that is that concrete with that pinpoint type of information. Now, I've never, once again, this is one of the places I I haven't been, uh, never been down Highway 5, never been down, you know, never been to Lynn, Alabama. Um, But the thing that gives me pause about this um, story in particular is that it's so familiar, right? It seems like every state has at least one tale of some poor, tragic girl who was walking along the side of the road and got ran over or killed along the highway or something like that. It, it's it's there's so many stories that are so similar to this. It's like the stories of uh, 
you know, the the bus-loaded kids that got stranded on the railroad tracks and the train came by, ding, 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 and killed them, you know. Uh, is it true? Is it just a legend? Is it something someone made up? You know, I, I don't know. It, the history behind this is, is like so many other uh, tales and legends of things like this. It's hard to know where exactly this originated from and when and why. Um the thing that does make me think that there could be some sort of grain of truth to this is that there's the fact that there are several truck drivers that reported this happening to them. And there's people in other type of vehicles who said, uh, I've seen this ghostly figure walking along the side of the highway. Now, could they have just mis- was, could that have been mistaken identity? Of course, I could have been. They could have seen something totally different. They could have seen someone playing a prank on them, or they could have actually seen a real girl walking down the side of the highway. I mean, it, it, it happens, right? Um, but regardless, I would love to be able to drive down Highway 5 wherever what stretch of road, I mean, it doesn't say, you know, the legends doesn't say it's between Lynn, Alabama and, you know, town XYZ at mile marker 23 or whatever. It doesn't give any concrete information, but I would love to be able to go down there and investigate this for myself. You, if you listen to me in the past, you, you know that I like to do, uh, I like to investigate places that are like outside, you know, uh, it's, it's to me, it's challenging. It's more challenging. It's more fun, you know, uh, I'll, I'll investigate any place that's indoors too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I love to investigate stuff that's outdoors. And I would love to be able to uh, drive down Highway 5 in Lynn, Alabama. But it doesn't look like I'm going to get a chance to do that anytime soon. And finally, that leads us with number five, the Dead Children's Playground. Now, this is one of the other areas that I have been to Dead Children's Playground. This is one of the most haunted places in Alabama, and it's in Huntsville's Maple Hill Cemetery. It's not so much the cemetery that's haunted, though, but it's a kid-friendly attraction that's hidden within the play, within the cemetery itself. This attraction is known as Dead Children's Playground. This it's a playground. It's an actual playground with a swing set and a slide and shit right in the middle of the cemetery. Now, this haunted playground in Alabama attracts numerous paranormal investigators, myself included, from near and far. Maple Hill Cemetery is well known across Alabama for being home to some important historical figures like governors, senators, and members of the Union and Confederate Armies alike, they've all made their final resting place in this cemetery. It is a beautiful cemetery. It is gorgeous. That was founded all the way back in 1822. And even though it didn't receive the name Maple Hill until, uh, I think, around 1901, people just called it the burial ground up until then. So it's been developed into a really lovely spot with gardens and ornate mausoleums and all kinds of stuff. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Maple Hill Cemetery is also uh, famed for having the world's scariest playground right in the middle of it. So, I mean, how can it not be scary? How can you not have a scary playground in the middle of a cemetery? Yeah, 
Yeah, there's a park inside a cemetery. And the locals call it Dead Children's Playground. And despite the blunt nickname, everyone seems to love this place. Whether the rumors of the playground being home to spirits are because it's actually haunted or simply because the idea of a playground in a graveyard is just, you know, predisposed to have creepy stories, who knows? It's been investigated by numerous paranormal groups from amateurs to professionals. And the most popular theory behind the hauntings seems to think that it's the spirits of the dead children in the cemetery who take refuge on the swings and the slides and stuff like that. While there's other theories that point to a legend about several children who were abducted and found murdered near the playground in some sort of like satanic ritual during the 1960s. Now, of course, there's no real true evidence that this actually happened. You can't find that anywhere. It is a legend. It is a rumor. Don't know if it's true or not, but there's no evidence to back it up. So what happens here? Swings move on their own. Ghostly figures are seen on the equipment and disembodied voices, mainly laughter and screams can be heard, especially between the hours of 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. Well, after, of course, most kids are home or in bed. And another theory about why the playground is haunted is because such a large amount of children are buried there. So why did a lot, why did, why is there a large amount of children buried there? Well, back during the Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, there were a bunch of people who died and a bunch of those people were children and they got buried in what was to eventually become Maple Hill Cemetery. And the playground is supposedly in an area where there are a lot of those children buried. Now, I've been to Dead Children's Playground, as I have said. I did not see, when I was there, an overabundance of children's grave sites there where the playground is. And I, I jokingly say it's in the middle of the cemetery that makes it sound like it's in the dead center of the cemetery you're just walking around and all of a sudden bam there's a stinking playground in the middle of the cemetery it's not really in the middle of the cemetery it's kind of off to the side hidden in this little cove area uh so by saying oh it's in the middle of the cemetery it's not really true um it is on the same grounds as the cemetery is uh, but it's like there's not headstones covering all around where the the playground is. It's kind of like in a little alcove area. There's there's picnic tables there. Um, there's a grassy field there where people like play, you know, throw the football or play frisbee or whatever. There was a when I was there, there was a family that was uh, having a picnic there, you know, and uh, there's another. Uh, a young family, a, a young couple with their young child who were throwing a football. Um, you know, it's it's like a little tiny playground. Now, you, you have to know exactly where it is. You know, if you don't, you have, you have to take some time to find it. Um, but it's there, and it's really beautiful. Um, there is a cliff that you can climb up 
that's uh, on one side of it, and you can uh, go up and have a really good view of the playground from the top of this cliff. Um, you know, it's 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 really hella cool. Um, so one of the other legends that I heard about it, once again, there's no proof, uh, was that there was uh, supposedly a crazy person who was uh, going around the Huntsville area kidnapping and killing children, and he would bring them to that little um, alcove place there where the cemetery is and kill them. Uh, There supposedly was a cave or some other place where he uh, would hide in that area and he would uh, bring the children back there and kill them. Um, I don't know if it was a molestation type thing and then he killed them to prevent them from talking or, you know, or if he just had a thing for just killing children or whatever. Um, but that's, uh, another legend It's not as popular. And once again, there's no proof behind it as in supposedly the reason why they put the playground there was because that was where he killed the children. It was to commemorate, uh, the loss of the children. It was built as a memorial for the children. Now I investigated this place pretty thoroughly while I was there. Um, I did not find a cave. Uh, if there was a cave there, it has been uh, covered up or otherwise uh, hidden somehow. Uh, I did not find any if, any area where it looked like there could be a place to quote unquote hide. Uh, there's some some woods there, but um, you know there's, there's subdivisions, and I mean this is a there's there's a subdivision that's surrounding this houses. There's a, all around the cemetery. So, um, you know, I, I can't say what it looked like when 100 years ago, uh, probably all those houses and stuff weren't there. But, you know, from what I can find, I didn't find any place that looked like it could, uh, you know, be a hiding place. Now, anyway, um, I, and no, I did not catch anything on uh, video or audio or anything like that. No, no picture of anything, I, I, and, and admittedly, I did not get to investigate it thoroughly because um, I made the mistake of inviting my wife to come on this trip with me to investigate this place, and she turned around and invited some of her friends who invited some of their friends, and it wound up being a big group thing, and I didn't get to investigate this properly. I've been saying, God, I want to go back, except I want to go by myself this time, Um the deal was I was going to go, you know, try to sneak in at, at night uh, and see if I could get some stuff uh, like after 10 o'clock, but uh, never did get to do it. So, yeah. So as anyway, as as the legends state with this thing, the spirits of these dead children come out to play at night. They're most active, like I said, from uh, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., but despite this, the playground is exceedingly popular, so much so that when the city-owned part of Maple Hill Cemetery ran out of land, the playground area, uh, the all of the slides and the swings and, and all of that, it was, uh, it was taken down overnight so that more room 
could be made for burial plots. And this was actually going to become, instead of a separate playground area, it was actually going to become part of the cemetery itself, the cemetery proper, should I say. However, there was such a massive outcry from the locals claiming that Dead Children's Playground was necessary because it was one of only a few parks in the area that the, uh, well, the city caved in. Public opinion in favor of the park was so strong, shockingly so, one would assume that a playground inside a cemetery would be seen as weird by most people, but this has been there for such a long time. It's the norm. So, the public opinion in favor of this was so strong that the city stopped their plans to convert the playground and reinstalled new equipment there. And the ghost and ghost hunters, our paranormal investigators, should I say, appear to appreciate the move as much as the families do because reports of strange phenomena continue to this day. I never experienced anything while I was there, as I said, um, but I definitely am going to go back one day and try it again, hopefully at night this time. But the thing about it is, see, is you can't be in there after dark. And there are signs posted that say you can't be in here after dark, and they will arrest you. And, you know, it's surrounded by homes. Like there's a, there are neighborhoods, and this cemetery is like in the middle of the neighborhood, And to get there uh, undetected um, is a challenge. Now, once you get into the cemetery and get to where the the Dead Children's Playground is, you're golden as far as being um, hard to detect. Now, you can't, like, take your flashlight and be flashing your flashlight around in there because I think that's going to, you know, obviously... uh, make you a little bit more uh, prone to be seen. Uh, but it's th- where it is is in a perfect little tucked away area down that little alcove there that uh, it would be once you make it in there, as long as you have some good night vision stuff, uh, you're, you're probably golden. And that would, that would be my goal. But with my luck, I'll you know, get arrested. So those are five creepy places that you can visit in Alabama should you decide to take a haunted road trip. Fort Morgan, Alabama, in Mobile Bay, along with the USS Alabama Navy battleship in Mobile Bay. And there's Old Cahaba, which is right down the road from Selma, Alabama, kind of in the middle of the state. There's Highway 5, which is right outside of Lynn, Alabama. And then finally, the Dead Children's Playground, one of the most haunted places in Alabama, right in the middle of Huntsville, which is not too far from Nashville, just about two hours. Plan on going back. So if you want to take a haunted road trip to the great state of Alabama, those are some great places for you to plan your trip. Thank you for listening this evening, everybody. That about does it for tonight's episode of Parareality. If you'd like to leave a comment about this or anything else about the podcast, please email me, sandman at parareality.com. That's sandman at parareality.com. Or you can call the secret bunker at 615-692-1170.
That number, once again, is 615-692-1170. You can leave a message on the studio line there. There's about a three-minute time limit. So if you call and you get cut off, just call back up and, and uh, pick up where you left off. Now, remember, if, if you call, I'm, all, uh, I'm always looking for stories. If you got a story you want to tell or whatever, you just want to tell it on the, the studio line, that's fine. I'm always looking for stories. But, uh, you know, call with any kind of comment or whatever. Hey, I love your show. Hey, you suck. Hey, I have an idea for a podcast. Hey, I've had something uh, creepy happen to me, and I want to be a guest. Whatever. But if you call and leave a message, remember uh, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message, hey, don't play this back. And don't worry, I never, ever reveal uh, last names of people or email addresses or other contact information. I'm not going to do that to you. If you say, hey, this is Joe Blow, and my email address is joeblow at joeblow.com, and my number is uh, 123-456-789, I'm not going to play all that. I'll play, hey, this is Joe. And then all the rest I'll cut out. I'll edit it out. So you don't have to worry about it. If you want to leave me your contact info, that's fine. But please do so without any fear of me playing that back over the air because I'm not going to do that to you. Also, uh, don't forget to follow me on my socials. I got some social stuff going on. You can get me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's the official Facebook page for the podcast. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. My username on both of those is at Radio. That's at Radio on both Instagram and Twitter. Feel free to tweet at me or whatever. You can slide into my DMs right there and send me a DM if you want. Uh, I try to answer DMs as long as they don't look suspicious like they're from some spam bot or something like that. Uh, but you can ask me questions about the show or whatever there. And I use my social media. I'm not great at Facebook, I admit it. I need to get better. And I've been saying this for years, and I always have good intentions, and I always fail miserably. Uh, I'm not great at Facebook, but I use, I use my social on um, Instagram and Twitter. I use those to tweet out a lot of stuff about uh, some creepy stories, interesting things, uh, facts, info, stuff like that, my opinion on, on you know, current creepy events and, and stuff. It's just a, just a fun way that you can follow up on what's going on behind the scenes here of your favorite paranormal podcast, Parareality. So once again, look me up at Parareal Radio on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on uh, Facebook, that's Sandman.Parareality on Facebook, or you can email me, Sandman at Parareality.com if you got a question, comment, or whatever about the show, or Call the studio line, 615-692-1170. Leave me a message. I also got a YouTube channel, too. Let's not forget about the YouTube channel. Um, Parareality is on YouTube, uh, but look for Parareality 1. That's Parareality with the number 1 at the end of it. Um, I've got uh, all of the audio from... Uh, my podcast I gets, gets uploaded there, and I don't know why people want to listen to it from YouTube, but there's so many people that listen to their podcast from YouTube. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you can listen to all the audio uh, on YouTube. That's Parareality, the number one, no underscore anything on that, Parareality one on YouTube. And I've got some documentaries and stuff that I've done, some other videos I've made for the, the podcast. Uh, maybe one day I'll get more into doing you know, video and some of the stuff that I do. I just find it, you know, this is 
pod, this podcast, this is a medium for, for audio. And I, I just, unless you have a team of people working with you and some really cool camera equipment and someone that can operate that and switch angles and everything and make it interesting, it's just a camera pointed at me behind a microphone. And I just don't understand why someone would find that interesting. So, Every once in a while, I may post some stuff. But uh, for the most part, yeah, uh, it's just audio. So you can find that at Parareality1 on YouTube. And let's not forget about my website, parareality.com. That's a place where you can keep up with all the latest paranormal news from all around the world. Uh, I've got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and that content's updated almost daily. It's under the Paranews section of the website. Uh, while you're there, you can also shop in the Parareality store and get some merch to help support the show. You can watch some uh, terrible videos that I've made for the show over the years that are probably up on YouTube as well. Um, you can also, the greatest thing about it is listen to the podcast archives. I've got tons of audio on my website from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with some of the other podcasts that I've done. Uh, you can find all that content for free in the archive section of the website. That's parareality.com. Make sure you check it out. Uh, speaking of the website and merch and all that sorts of stuff, I'm going to ask a favor. Uh, number one, if you buy merch, I don't have a lot of diverse merch. Working on it. It's a one-man operation. Got to find the time to do it. But if you decide that you want to buy some merch from the show, Rest assured that the money that you spend on merchandise from the show, 100% of it goes back into producing this podcast. I don't pocket anything. Um, it's very rare that people make a decent living off of doing a podcast, unless you're Joe Rogan or somebody like that. And although it would be great for me to make a, a living off of this, I, I'm not stupid enough to think that that's going to happen. But I don't take the money uh, from the merchandise and go like, you know, I don't know, buy a car with it or, you know, buy a steak dinner or anything like that. Any money that I make, I got a special account. It goes right into that, and that account is used to help make this podcast better. It's used to keep it on the air. It's used to pay the bills for the podcast. And I don't draw a salary from this. So any support that you can give me, that would be great. If you're a fan of this podcast, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, please buy some merch and help support me and help keep bringing this uh, podcast to you on a consistent basis and help keep the quality of this podcast up. And another favor is it, whether you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening on, if you could please take a moment of your time and give me a three, four, or five-star rating, that would be great. I know I'm not the best podcast out there. I know I'm not the worst podcast out there. But giving me ratings, especially three, four, and five-star ratings, helps to spread the word of the podcast and helps get it out there to more people. So please... Take a minute or two, and if you're able to give me a rating, I would appreciate a three, four, or five-star rating. That would be awesome if you could take 30 seconds of your time to do that. Now, this podcast can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality, and if you've got a smart speaker, 
you can listen there too. And if you've got any podcast skills on your smart speaker, just say, hey, play the Parareality podcast. Uh, and uh, if you're able to leave me a, a three, four, or five star, that would be great. I would really appreciate it. Uh, everybody, that uh, that pretty much does it for this episode of Parareality. Um, the next episode is going, let me look at my calendar here. So the next episode of Parareality is going to drop on the 21st of July at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. I'm going to have a very special guest on the podcast that evening, Mike Femlant. He is a Bigfoot researcher and investigator, and uh, he has granted me an interview, and it is going to be a spectacular interview so don't miss Mr. Mike Femelant on the 21st of July at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then... Will you see the true power of the universe? I hope you have a wonderful evening. I hope you had a great weekend. And I will see you again in a couple of weeks. Good night, everybody. Take care. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.